162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred! Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Gambardella III, resident Yankees fan of this podcast. That's why we call it the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, because to finish that off, our Red Sox fan, our very, very lovable Red Sox fan, the only one I think I could truly say, well, I got a couple cousins and an uncle who are Red Sox fans, but... A lovable Red Sox fan, nonetheless, Matthew Beal. Beal, how are you doing today? I am pretty fantastic, uh, despite, you know, not being in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's coming down to it. You're not officially out of it yet. You're 10 games back of the yeah. wild card. A couple big wins against Baltimore. Yes. Who knows? Couldn't we got pull off New York a- coming oh. up tomorrow. Couldn't pull off a win against Tampa Bay for us. That would have been nice. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't want to help you guys. Yeah, I, I know. I figured that. Alex Cora was big brain in it. Oh, but yeah. you are heading towards losing our our postseason wager. Can I weigh in on the feelings in your head? Is it dread? Is it kicking yourself for making making that decision? What are you, What are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling disappointment for the Red Sox, but, you know, based on how they performed this year, I mean, they couldn't back up what I said. And honestly, I blame them for that. All right. (laughs) I take no blame for my prediction. It is not my fault. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's on you as a team for them to have in a major sports town. Uh, it's always tough in, in baseball. It's it's tough to make the playoffs. But now with six teams making the playoffs, it's the easiest it's ever been. And to not see Boston in the playoffs, frankly, for me, it's wonderful. And I, I But I know equally on the other side how painful that has to be. And for that, I share empathy for you because I will probably be feeling that this playoffs and I will probably want to bury my head in a pillow watching the Yankees in the playoffs this year. 
just like it's been for the last 10 years. So nothing new though. I, I'm used to that pain, feeling that pain. And, you know, we have football going on. So there's something else to look forward to. Now, before we get to baseball, I know we talked before before starting the show and we, we map out what we're going to talk about, but I forgot to mention the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks got their first win last week. They come into this week. They didn't pull it off against Arkansas. But is there anything, anything in you that tells you that the Carolina Gamecocks can pull off an upset of Georgia? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please key me in. We could not block Spencer Rattler. He was good. He played well. The O-line has not played well two weeks in. They gave up some sacks against Georgia State first week. And then again this week against Arkansas in a tough environment. We do get Georgia at home, which gives me a little bit of faith. But please let, let me know. Let me know how, how, how you see us winning this game. So the offensive line, like you said, has not been fantastic. There has been a good amount of pressure on Rattler, but I feel like he's handled it pretty well. Early in games, he definitely has shown tendencies to rush a little bit or maybe even not take like the easy out. Uh, I remember, um, well, my, my brother, he's a giant South Carolina Gamecocks fan like us, um, but to a larger degree, and he was watching uh, some film on the first game. And mentioned that one of the big criticisms was uh, Spencer Rattler's uh, seeming like not inability, but like just him not wanting to throw it to the check down guy and kind of always holding the ball a little bit long and looking for a a deep receiver. I I definitely thought he improved on that in the second half of the Arkansas game. Um, It seemed like he was taking uh, his passes where he had them and, was hitting the guys that he was supposed to. Um, and he really hasn't shown a whole lot of signs of being affected by people coming at him. There was a few plays where it made me nervous uh, of him just trying to escape the pocket when he still had a pocket. He seemed to be a little bit reluctant to step up, but he's learned those things. I mean, later in the game, and like we kept it close with Arkansas because South Carolina started playing awesome offense in the second half. And he was stepping in, up in the pocket and having confidence in his offensive line. And, I mean, that's not to say that um, Arkansas, it, it, their front seven on defense is even close to what Georgia's will be. And I, I think there's going to be a whole lot more pressure. Uh, but we're also at home. Rattler has been able to handle the pressure for the most part. And Marshawn Lloyd has looked very good on the plays that he actually gets the ball. I know he had a fumble, um, but we're not worried about that. We're worried about the fact that uh, – or not worried, but we're excited about the fact that when he does get the ball, he is a playmaker and a difference maker with the ball. Um, I'm expecting Marshawn to have a big game, and as that running game gets going, Spencer's going to look more and more comfortable in the Gamecocks offense. And honestly, starting off with Arkansas and Georgia is no better test for a guy like Rattler. I think he's going to take that in stride. And there's there's a chance where a loss is a win here. I mean, we we want this game. We want Georgia at home, and it's just a chance to to kind of be prepared for the rest of the season. Nobody's going to blame you if you lose to Georgia, but uh, I mean, 
I know that South Carolina is going to stick in this game. They're not going to look bad against Georgia. And I think we'll have a chance when it comes down uh, to it to be within a couple of scores and um, and maybe even maybe even pull off a, a little victory. Uh, okay, so Saturday, uh, I I had I had a little hope, you know, I had a little jubilee get into me, a little bit of energy when when you jumped out and said, "Yeah, we have a chance to win this game." We do. But then you just backtracked a lot, saying we have a, we got a good no, chance no, 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 to no. keep it within two scores. No, 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 we, no, no, no. That's I, not that's not what I was saying. I was saying South Carolina is a from behind team. They have been ever since we were starting uh, to be students there. I don't think they're going to pack on the points from the beginning. I don't think this is going to be a wire-to-wire finish. But if we're within two scores in the fourth quarter, I'm sitting very happy because, I mean, we have shown an ability to play very well in the second half. Um, Georgia State, close game at half. We kind of blew them away. Arkansas, people were looking at Gamecocks offense with only three points at half, ended up with 30. I think if we're within a couple scores in the fourth quarter, this is what I was trying to say that we have a very good chance to win um, given that we have been so good in the second half and we seem to settle in. Beamer's going to want to start off strong, and yes. I hope that we do, and I hope that we put on all the points. Um, but, like, if, you know, if, if we're tied or maybe in front or maybe behind by a little bit, that doesn't really worry me for the Gamecocks. Yeah, I, I agree. awesome. I agree. Late in games. Rattler does not get rattled. I'm not worried about Rattler, our wideouts, our running backs have talent. It's it's the trenches. The O-line has been bad. It's just been bad. It's and been Georgia sloppy. is very well known for a running defense that has transcended time. Yeah, they have Bulldogs. some of the best defensive linemen in the country and the best one of the best run games in the country. And we just gave up 295 yards to Arkansas and well, only had 40 yards ourselves. To be fair, to be fair, we were not – so it, this is going to come off sounding weird. Um, we were not as bad as we looked. And I, I think there's two ways to, to look at this. I think the defense was there on most of the plays. And Arkansas notably has some very massive running back in – quarterback combo and i i just don't think we were able to tackle and that's that's a really bad thing you have to be able to tackle but we're getting in the right positions the the play calling has been good on the defensive side i think we're seeing what's going on and a week of you know just being yelled at and taught how to tackle again fundamentals i I mean this team is probably just being absolutely abused as we speak because of how many tackles they missed, but they're not going to miss any more tackles because at practice they will not be wanting to miss any more tackles because they don't want another week like the week that they're having right now. And I don't know how many tackles they missed, but there were so many times where we were in the backfield and just let whoever their running backs name slip right by us. Uh, Yeah. Sanders. Yes, and he's a great running back. Yeah. And they're Arkansas now a top team in the nation, and they have a running quarterback in KJ Jefferson. They're both like jo- over two fifty, which Georgia does they're not massive. not have. But it's Georgia, man. I mean, they a few years ago we got the upset on them. 
at, when they were like the number three team in the country in Georgia. I, I think I we've beaten them twice in the last four years. I, I, I will say, I don't think that's true. I think we've I think that's been. true. Okay. You, you look know. that up while, while I continue I to talk, and I'll, I'll move on to baseball. And I'll, I was playing devil's advocate. Obviously, it's the SEC, and this weekend of college football was incredible. You saw Marshall beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. You saw Texas A&M get beat at home by Appalachian State. Great games by Tennessee and Pittsburgh going to OT, BYU, Baylor. It was an incredible weekend of football in general. Um, but before I get to the NFL, we'll save that for the for the later end of the show. I want to talk about what's really exciting right now, and that's the New York Yankees. I was holding out to hope, last strand, last rope, and we won a series against the Tampa Bay Rays. I thought there was no chance. I, I predicted a four and three uh, record last week. The Yankees go five and two, take three of four from the Twins, and lose a late, late one um, game four against the Twins. Almost get that sweep, and then we put up on the weekend. We put up twenty runs against the Rays in two games, without the likes of Lemayhew, Rizzo, Vader, uh, Benintendi. All these guys injured out of the lineup. We got skeleton bones lineup with a young team. Trevino is on the paternity list right now. Donaldson didn't even play one of the games because he's just getting back from the paternity list. A lot of our teams having babies. So the new father look of our team, I think is going to propel us into the playoffs. And I, I didn't mention Matt Carpenter yet. Matt Carpenter, I love you. The stash, we need you back. Please, I hope your rehab's going well. I know you're at least a month away from being able to be back, but you would be an awesome bat to have in the playoffs. I'm excited for this team. The The pitching staff's pretty healthy. Bullpen arms, Britton and Chapman still still getting some run in, in double A. They're coming through with rehab. There's excitement. And with excitement, now there comes fear because next week is a gauntlet. We go to a team – we have to go to Boston for two games. Now, oh, yeah. they, like any team I know, obviously everybody knows the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry and, and it's storied, but it, it goes beyond that. There's bad blood. There's always bad blood between the two teams. And I just think these two games, the Red Sox are going to throw everything they got at us. In a two-game short series in Boston, we could easily lose these two games easily. If we don't win game one, I could see us losing both games. And I don't know if I trust this young team outside of New York, because we play so much better in New York, but because of how bad the Red Sox have been, I think it comes back to bite them. Devers has, you know, been hurt a lot. And same thing with Bogarts. It's a, been a banged-up team as well. But they put it to the Orioles this weekend. So if, you know, I, I'm talking myself around it, but I'm scared, Beal. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Be. This is a letdown series coming off of a, of a great week at home. It's a letdown series against the Red Sox team. And then we get a day off again. And we go for a three-game set. Um 
against the Brewers in Milwaukee. So it, it's not it's it's a very much a week where we if we let our guard down and put the take the foot off the gas pedal, we could go own five. I don't think we do that. I think we throw everything at the Red Sox. We got to. I think a day off right before playing the Red Sox is huge for the Yankees because it lets us reset our minds and and they know the job's not done yet. And, and I hope that Judge, who should be the captain of this team, and if it wasn't for you know Steinbrenner and Cashman, they'd have this guy paid. But who knows? Cashman's job at the end of the year is up in arm because his contract's expiring. Our GM. So I, I don't know who our GM's going to be next year, but Judge deserves all the money in the world. The the contract they offered him at the beginning of this year that he turned down looks like a joke at this point. Um, I know he's gonna. He's already thirty years old. So I, I don't think length should be, I, I think, a nice seven-year contract at $300 million and just give him fat load of money up front is the way to go here. But yeah. I, getting to my prediction this week after talking around that and, and really scuffling, scuffling the Brewers, a team trying to claw their way back. They're only two games out of a wild card. I'll say we lose – that series in Milwaukee somehow in a heartbreaker one for three. And I think we split against the Red Sox. I think we go two for three uh, two for five this week and go two and three this week. Um, so Beal, please take away the floor on how you think the Red Sox are going to fare this week against the Yankees and the Royals. Uh, I think they're going to sweep everything five yeah. and oh, that's what you're yeah. calling for. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Easy. All right. I, I don't think we need any more discussion other than yeah. that. Yeah. You got Pavetta and Bayo the next two days. Okay. Oh now, my. With that information, Pavetta in the first game, nukes. We're going to hit absolute bombs, dingers all over the park. Uh, I don't even know who Bayo is. But, Brian Bayo. But the fact that – is he a rookie? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to hit him. Some got rookie, the rookie pitchers, the first time we see them, for some reason, the Yankees notoriously cannot hit pitchers that the average fan doesn't, doesn't even know who they are. They can't touch them. Um, so, yeah, I, I like my, I, I'm even more confident in my prediction now. All right. Well, I'm more confident in mine, so. All right. That's fair. Yeah, you. We'll see where I, it pushes. I beat around the bush and, and really just, you know stumbled and bumbled around and I, you saw and i admitted to it i wasn't confident you were confident a 5-0 and prediction oh, yeah. Yeah. uh let me remind no you though beal the the series predictions that we've done i've gotten four correct you've gotten two correct there's still three weeks to go four weeks to go so you still have a chance does that make you want to change your assumption this week at all that's disrespectful not <laughs> at all okay okay i was trying i was trying to make you budge a little bit but i'm glad you so showed strength because yeah. that is that is uh that's you how that's dare you true true you i i love it um but i i know you thought that was that was disrespectful i was i meant no disrespect incredibly to find common ground here can we please talk about our new york football giants because oh because yeah. Saquon. Saquon's Barkley. And and I have you 
in a fantasy league along with AJ Dillon, AJ Quadilla. I have you in every fantasy league and you are the bomb. Just shout out. But back to the Giants. I don't know how we won this game against Derrick Henry and Tannehill and Mike Brabel coached and, and Jeffrey Simmons up the middle uh, and Kevin Byard, a, a solid defense in Tennessee who got after Daniel Jones all day. Saquon Barkley is the answer. He is was by far the best player on that field. Uh, on any sideline, in, in any of the stands, he was better than all everybody in that stadium. There was one best player on that field by far, and it was Saquon Barkley. And that's the only reason we won that game. And they missed the field goal as time expired, but it was a 47-yarder. That's a tough kick with pressure on. That's a pretty long field goal. It's not like a chip shot. So I'm pre- I, I'm hopeful Brian Dable looks like the man he went for two to take the lead instead of going for the tie. Ballsy. I, I love the move. Even if we didn't get it, I would have said here, you know, you're a huge underdog. You're almost a touchdown underdog going into this game in Tennessee. And you went for the win. That's guts. And well, glory. honestly, it's also like not only guts, but it's it's kind of insight to what he was seeing the Titans defense was doing. I mean, the last two or three drives, they could not do anything about Saquon. And so – for that touchdown that the Giants scored, they were biting so hard on Saquon that they were able to have a little out route to the tight end. I can't even remember what his name is, but I think he's on the depth chart as a fullback. But like Mayurnek, I, I yeah. somebody I I, I butchered Number saying his, his name, but our backup tight end. I will yeah. pull, I will pull up his name here in a second. And, but yeah, a person that works. Two point conversion was all about the same idea. Was uh, he knew the Titans were gonna be playing the run. And direct snap to Daniel Jones, wait a second, drop back, shovel pass to Saquon because nobody is right there. Like nobody's watching him. Everyone thought the ball was going to be handed off in the backfield and Saquon's kind of just sitting there a couple seconds after the snap was made. And it's uh, essentially you're abusing like the, the run game that you had been all game, but you just gave a different look and you still got it to him. Um, before he crossed the line of scrimmage and just a little shovel pass, and he's in for the touchdown. It was that easy. And it, it Dayball just had the insight. What? It wasn't that easy. That play, Saquon could have been tackled in the backfield. I know. But he I know, juked, but he had – He broke he had, two guys' ankles in the backfield yeah. with a juke and walked yeah, into the end zone after that. But I could have told you that was going to happen because did you see Saquon? Yeah, I mean, that he dude was incredible. Was just, like, he, he was, was stepping that... on a dime. He was like – he looked so good, like he had just come out of the NFL draft. Beal, Saquon is him. He's him. He yeah. is him. I mean, he's he is that dude. dude. And and the guy is Chris Mayorick. I still yeah. think I'm saying the last name wrong, working on a pronunciation. But he went to Temple, and somebody at work um, uh, is a graduate of Temple, and and she knew that, and she's like, oh, yeah. I'm helping your your team out, and she's an Eagles fan, and she was all about she was all about her Temple Owl helping the Giants win, which I thought was odd. Which which brings me up to a question, Beal. We're South Carolina Gamecocks fans, right? Yeah. If there's a South Carolina Gamecock, you know, let's say they were on the Eagles, Cowgirls, or or Cowboys without Dak, and uh, 
which is sad. Never root for injuries. And the Commanders. If one of them was on there and they play on us, any team, any team, Chargers, you know, and they're playing us, right? We play the Browns, let's say, and Jadavion Clowney's going against them. Am I going to be happy that Clowney gets a strip sack against against the Giants and helps Wait. them win? Let, like, let, let's say let, – How let, is this – this isn't related. The Eagles no, right. weren't playing the Giants. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying. If, if she's if, an Eagles fan. Yeah, let, I'm just saying. J.C. Horn next week, right? Yeah. Pick, pick six against us. Are you going to be happy for J.C.? I wouldn't say I'm happy, but I wouldn't say I'm that upset. I'm happy for him. Yes. I'm not happy overall okay. that it happened. But, like, if Benny hit a home run against the Red Sox, uh, I'm fine with that. Like, I am wow. very happy with Bruce I am Benny. definitely on the other side of the fence. As long as the Red Sox won. Oh, like, I don't, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's it, Like, if he was – if he hit a grand slam to walk it off, I'm like, screw him. But <laughs> if he hit a home run – and, I mean, he's a guy who got traded to the Yankees without, you know, I, I mean, he hates the Yankees. So, hates him so much. Oh, you know that? I, I'm that? sure. I'm oh, sure that's, he does. That's why and, he injured himself. But, and his, right. And so yeah, but beside the point. Out. Yeah, but, like, he still got to perform. Like, even right. if you hate your boss in a job, like, you still got to do your job. Exactly. So, like, Benny is just doing that. And if he's doing it, Will, like, I'm going to support him. So, um, I mean, yeah, if he hits a grand slam to walk off against the Red Sox, then screw that. But if he hits a home run in the first inning and the Sox end up winning, I, I don't really care. I'm just saying Rico Dowdle, for instance, is on is on the Cowboys, right? Um, right. If he scored a game-winning touchdown for them and, you know, that, that kept us from winning the division later on in the season, I never want him to score. for. for yeah, the I don't love it. I yeah, don't love it. I, I mean, it, it, to me, it was it, – to me, I, I'm glad you make that distinction because when – like, I'd be happy for them. They can get their stats. They can do well as long as that team loses and and, yeah. and, and my team wins, you know. And yeah. I think that just illustrates how crazy we are as fans because one second we're rooting for them on Saturdays and then come Sunday next year when they get drafted – they could be our worst enemy at some point. So yeah. it's 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 a wild atmosphere of of sports that we're in, yeah. and it's I, I've never really thought. I, I think about that a little bit sometimes, but I've never really said that out loud in in a debate. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's it's weird because there's also a flip side of the coin um, when Clemson players end up playing for the Giants. I don't like. I don't know. It takes me a while to disassociate them from Clemson. Like Wayne Gallman a couple of years ago when he came and I knew he was from Clemson. It's like, it takes a couple of years for you to be like, all right, well, this guy's a giant now. Like I, I should root for him, but like I, I never end up, uh, those guys are just not my favorite players. Like I can't stop thinking about the fact that they used to play for Clemson. So it's, it's even tough like to, dissociate that way and for the same reason like I you know I not that I ever wanted Alshon Jeffrey or Rico Dowdle to you know ball out and win a game against the Giants but like I still like them as players they played at you know the school that I went to so um so it is like I, yeah. I want them to play well just as you know 
in the same way that I don't really like the Clemson players that end up playing for my team. It's yeah. like that association of like knowing where they're from and like rooting for or against them for the last four years. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't dislike that at all. But I think that is a, uh, that's a great take. Um, but Beal, and if la- it's a Clemson player that goes to say, uh, I don't know, like the Jaguars, I hate their guts. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Specifically, Trevor Lawrence. And Beal, last week, um, I had Justin on here to talk our fantasy football draft recap. Who is the commissioner of the of the league that we we share a team in and have shared a team in for six years running. And we'll be doing an episode every week. Um, every second, our Thursday, Friday episode will be a recap of last week's fantasy week, um, a preview of next week, who we're going to start, who we're going to play, who we're going to pick up on the waiver wires. Um, and it'll be a nice little debate between ourselves um, to talk ourselves through the fantasy season. And you could follow us throughout the course of the season. And I'm going to start making posts on our Instagram with game recaps of each of our games of the season. I I think that'll be a fun thing to do. But before we get there, Beal, to end today's show, Justin and I made very early start of the season Super Bowl predictions. So I just want to get your take on a Super Bowl prediction. Um, I I went out on a limb and – said that it would be, if I remember correctly, the Bengals get back there against the Packers. And after this week one, it's not looking great at all. Uh, I will look back and listen back to that episode to see what I said again, but I'm pretty sure that's what I went with. And now I'm I'm really I'm feeling sick to my stomach already. So Beal, what is your way too early Super Bowl prediction? Uh, hmm. I, I, you know, this, this is kind of sprung on me, but, um, I, it's, I think if you would have asked me a couple of days ago, I might've had a different answer, Okay. but I'm going to go with the team that I actually have confidence in and have for a little while now. Um, I always kind of think that they're going to do something and then they kind of, I don't know, dwindle away or uh, have players get injured. But I I do think they have the right roster build up right now. They have one of the best uh, defensive players in the league. They have the best running back in the league. I think the Colts have a very good shot at making it to the Super Bowl. But after the Texans loss, or not loss, but tie, but it felt like a loss. loss, yes. But – Honestly, I mean, it definitely looked like it took a while for the Colts to really get in the groove, um, but they did. They ended up coming back from, I don't know, was it 17-3 to or something or 20-3 to pretty late in the game. Um, they ended up scoring a couple uh, touchdowns and a field goal, brought it to overtime. Blankenship had, I, I mean, I wouldn't say a chip shot, but a chip shot for Rodrigo, um, and he missed it. Uh, the Colts should have won that game, but uh, I mean, ultimately it should not have gone to overtime in the first place. They should have won it way earlier. Uh, but I do still think that that they're that team 
that will be able to get there into the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I got the Colts in the AFC. And as for the NFC, I have the Bucks. Brady's going to get there in his last year. Wow. Wow, 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 is all I have to, to say to that. So Hot take, it, right? It, so who will win between those two teams in, in the Super Bowl? Give the Colts. Break. So you have the Colts beating the who? Please. The Bucks. Okay. You have Tom Brady getting back to a Super Bowl and getting beat by the Colts. Matt Ryan. Long, long gone. <laughs> Think about wow, that. <laughs> wow. What a storyline. What a storyline. I was going to say yeah. without Peyton Manning, his longtime rival, but wow, you just – NFL is full of great storylines, and that would be one of them. Beal, I'm glad you made that prediction because that is – that's an all-time prediction right there. Yeah. Wow. Matt Ryan is, is going to have his revenge, get his only Super Bowl title – um and yeah, uh, do his thing while Kirk wins the MVP. Well, uh, I... <laughs> you like that? Okay. Yeah, I Kirk Cousins wins MVP. That's your yeah. Prediction? Okay, yeah. after this week one, I'm gonna confidently say that um, before anything, I I was gonna say Patrick Mahomes to be the MVP. Oh, uh, of course you will. But after this first week, we're saying this after the first week. So I will take a lesser known name off, off. I am taking that off the table. That's not who I'm going to pick. I'm going to take Russell Wilson, who has yet to ever get. Honestly, an MVP book. I so love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take Russell Wilson who has yet to play and is just about to start playing tonight in our revenge game against the Seahawks. But that does it for for today. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we had some interesting discussions today. And please stay tuned um, for later this week if you want to follow us along um, our, on our debates and our season outlook for fantasy this year. Uh, please tune in to our later episode coming out later this week. But that does it for today. Thank you for tuning in. As always, enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. We love y'all. Thank you for keep coming back. Or if you're first time here, we love you too. And we hope we hope you you listen in and you're intrigued. Bill, you yep. want to take us out? Um, enjoy your week, guys, and uh enjoy some uh you know, Red Sox slaughter of the Yankees.